everyone, and welcome back to the Kowski Cast. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski. And I'm Hannah Elam. We are getting spooky in September and continuing our coverage of the Netflix original series, The Haunting of Hill House. Or maybe October. I don't know I when this is released. I was actually just thinking about that. I was like, ah. This is episode seven. The likelihood that I've released the past five episodes still in September. You know, it's possible. It might happen. We'll see. It's either September or October at the moment. And technically, Kowski Cast is getting spooky in September because we are recording this in September. Right. So it's still somewhat accurate. It's potentially accurate. Right now, (laughs) we are taking a look back at season one to recap the episodes of The Haunting of Hill House and talk about all our favorite ghostly moments. Today, we are continuing on in the second half of the season with episode seven, Eulogy. Really an episode that tells you right up front that this is going to be a funeral episode. In the current timeline, we see family tension about the storm that happened last night. Not only the actual storm, but also the storm of fights that we had. And today's the funeral. Everyone is struggling, not only with Nell's death, but also with their relationships. And at the end, we also see that Luke leaves after the reception and takes both Theo's car and Shirley's wallet with him. And he was doing so well. I can't really blame him, but you know. You gotta hope that nothing bad is gonna happen with this, but with Luke's past, from the Crane's family view, it is not looking bright. It's not looking great. So we have the morning of the funeral where it's a lot of Hugh, the father, kind of checking in on some of the siblings one at a time and really not being, he's, I don't know if I'm going to say he's not being a great parent, but he's just really seeming to be at a loss for how to handle his children. But we're going to see pretty quickly in the episode that the person or the something that he has been talking to in the previous episode is in fact a ghost or vision or hallucination or something of his wife, which is a little bit jarring just because she still looks like the age she was when she died and he's like old man Mr. Crane. She's also wearing a blue dress for most of the time we see her with like a a cutout and it just, it's like a little skimpy, I feel like, for being around all of her other children who were all in like suits and formal wear for for the funeral. I don't know why that was jarring to me. It's definitely standout-ish. I think that he's seeing her and talking to her as a coping mechanism. We know that she mentions they were rock solid and so when you lose someone that is that close to you, I can imagine that that still seeing them or having their voice in your head is something that would happen. One of the things that I tend to do when I'm in the car with Brian is if I notice that he's speeding, I just say the speed limit. And there are certain roads that we've been on enough times that he just has told me that he just hears my voice saying the speed limit on that road. So there are certain things where you know so much about a person, you would think of how they're reacting. But probably what he's seeing is just his own vision of how the mom would talk to him in these scenarios. And I don't, like you, I I don't, I think it's a hallucination and not a true haunting or ghost of the mom. And I talked last time about my different categories for the ghosts, and this is the one that I put in that fourth category of seems to be just sort of a modern person, not really, uh, like, more human, more the fixed version, like you were saying, not really someone who's who's haunting or creeping or, or anything, but is very interactive with him. He's speaking out loud to her, and throughout the episode, he's mostly getting advice from her on how to talk to his children, how to handle the situations. And I don't know if that's really more just sort of his inner consciousness of, uh, I know what to do, but I'm having a hard time vocalizing it. Or if it's really, is he seeing or or hearing her is, you know, more more so up to the person. I I think you're right with it being more of a a coping mechanism. Another highlight that we have from the present is I really enjoyed the talk that Theo and dad have. I think it's a nice heart to heart and Theo acknowledges that she's messed up 
up and apologizes to her dad for not making more of an effort. It does seem like some of what she's talking about is in reference to whatever happened with Kevin the night before, but she also talks about her relationship with her father. That, and I think she's also probably, there's some guilt there of her relationship with Nell as well. She's the one that we know was had a, had a fight with Nell and was holding a grudge and was one of the last of her siblings potentially to see Nell and interact with her. We're not 100% sure on that. I know that, that Steve saw Nell when she crashed his reading and maybe that was the last of the siblings to see her. Not 100% sure in the last month of her life. Another thing that I want to point out because we had talked some about numbers in the past. We've obviously have the seven, the counting to seven that both Luke and Nell have done for comfort. But also I found it interesting when Luke was speaking at the funeral, he says, I was born 90 seconds before Nell. And then he tells a whole story. And at the end says, I was born 90 seconds before Nell, but she was always my big sister, which I thought was really sweet. But also I just want to note, he was born 90 seconds before her and Nell is going to die on his 90 days of being clean. And I'm just, I don't know if those two things are related at all, but I think it's one of those things that maybe the show, maybe doesn't really have a higher meaning, but the show probably intentionally chose those two numbers just as another one of these kind of twin things, right? Now, that begs the question of, did Nell die on that day because it was the 90 day that he was clean? Did she only live that long because it took him that many years? And if he had become 90 days clean on a different year, would she have died that year? I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I don't necessarily think that it is like a higher meaning like that, but I do think it was probably intentional to make those two numbers the same. Yeah, I think it's a nice little Easter egg. And something that I saw is the dad's hat in this episode, and we see it at both the timestamps 1735 and 3590. It seems to me like a bowler hat, but just with a longer rim. And when we see it the second time, it doesn't look that much like a bowler hat. But when I first got a glimpse of it, I was kind of like, hmm, is that like somewhat of a bowler hat? So that was just something that I had noticed. Yeah, I think some of these things, again, maybe they don't actually have a purpose like in a in a ghostly sense, but they're they're probably intentional by the costuming department and by the script writers. So I thought that was interesting. Also just sweet of Luke. The, his his story I thought was very sweet of her being being hit like his big sister and being really the one to, to take care of him, which probably attributes some of his guilt of not being able to be there for her in the same way. Yes. Another thing I noted that was a little bit strange was that when the funeral is kind of wrapping up, the ghost or the, the hallucination or vision version of the mom that is talking to the father tells him, it's okay, you can leave, you don't, you're not going to have to see these kids again for years probably if you don't want to. And then she kind of realizes, oh, you do want to. But it's that moment of, d- does he not want to? Is he is he living in Florida by himself because he feels maybe like he's just really incapable of being a father to them? I know that he's holding some guilt and I do think this is a family who went through a tragedy or multiple tragedies and then really separated and did not lean on each other in the way that maybe some other families would. Yeah, it seems like he has a hard time, like we talked about in the last episode, he has a hard time talking through things and and explaining how he's feeling and things that happened in the past. So he probably has removed himself just because of the fact that it's too hard. And if he was closer, the kids would want to have more of their questions answered about their summer at Hill House. So I can imagine that for the 
the dad, that's just too much and he'd rather just not deal with it. Yeah, definitely. And then at the burial itself, Luke is going to see the bent neck lady Nell standing over the coffin when it's being put in the ground. And then he's also going to see a very creepy ghost version of his mom who's going to grab his arm and sort of be pulling him into the grave, at which point Steve pulls Luke away and then kind of berates him about the fact that ghosts don't exist and he shouldn't believe this and he's acting crazy. But one thing I noticed in this whole speech with from Steve is that he also says like, yeah, I've been seeing stuff too this week, but it doesn't mean anything. It's like, again, just in denial. If he says it enough, if he tries to logic his way out of it, then it's not true. Poor Luke. No one's listening to him or really believing him and except for his father. But even when he tries to talk to him, it just doesn't really come out right. And in that moment, I thought was a little bit scary. But then, of course, we have the real kicker here at the end of the episode where Theo, and, and this is shortly after they realize that Luke has disappeared with Theo's car. So Theo and her father see some dirt or something on the floor that's kind of in tracks going throughout the funeral home. And then they're going to see that it stems from the forever home, which is broken on the floor in Shirley's office. And then the very, not just the ghost version of the mom, but the very like busted up face caved in sort of on one side version. Zombie-like. Yeah, very zombie-like version of the mom, which we've seen once before when Theo touched her mom's hand earlier when they were going over the blueprints or something. I don't really remember when it was. Earlier in in one of the past scenes is the, the previous time that we saw this sort of version of the mom. And she is like creepily crawling on the floor towards Theo. The thing that I thought was most weird about this was the fact that Theo and Hugh don't like run away. They just kind of cower in the corner and then she disappears. I think she disappears once the lights come on or someone else comes around. But it definitely seemed like she was going to attack them for for some reason. I think it's more so the the shock of it, right? They're kind of pulled back because they're on the ground and they just fall over with the shock of seeing this vision. Right, exactly. And that's most of the present. While these scenes were interesting and covered some good information dealing with mostly Luke's feelings and, and some things that he's experiencing and also Hugh trying to be a better father, most of the interesting parts in the episode, I think, come from the past section. So do you want to go ahead and summarize that? We're seeing the family clean up after the aftermath of the storm that happened? Or was it really a storm? It seemed to only really hit Hill House. Steve finds a squishy wall upstairs, which leads them to then find mold. And it seems like this mold is everywhere. And as we hinted to in the last episode, we start to see the house really wearing on the mom in this episode. We're seeing some interactions with dad and Mr. Dudley, who is also starting to notice this. So we see the the walls are wet and squishy and they find the black mold which when Hugh takes a picture of it we see that it kind of appears to be in the shape of a man or like a a silhouette of a person which they don't really comment on but I found it to be very noticeable. There's also a scratching noise in the wall that's happening so Hugh and Steve start to take apart some of the walls in the house. They're sort of like the siding or I don't know what it is really but the the drywall of the house and then there's like a several foot gap and then a brick wall and that's what they 
keep hearing the scratching behind. They, several different people come and assess the situation and are like, you know, we there's definitely water damage, but we can't figure out what pipe it's coming from. You probably need to check that red, that red room because that's the only room in the house that we haven't checked yet. Maybe that's where it's stemming from, which leads Hugh to ask Olivia, hey, can you make a set of master blueprints for this house? Because there's like several different sets and they don't exactly line up. We've already found rooms in this house that weren't on the blueprints in the first place. So Olivia is going to write up these blueprints and deliver it to him. And we don't see what it is at first, but Hugh looks at them and is like, something's going on here. And Mr. Dudley also looks at them. And this is when he suggests, hey, maybe you should tell the missus to take a break from the house to leave for a little while because I have known people in my own life who have maybe succumbed to some of the weirdness and been altered by the house. He says that his mother would come home acting scattered, would wander into the woods, would be talking to someone who's not there. And then he gives this whole backstory about his wife, who we discover her name is Clara, which I don't think we knew before, but we had heard about Clara, obviously, who was the person who used to tend to the sick woman, Hazel, in the bedroom upstairs. And he said that she would spend so much time working in the house. She got pregnant, but never took any time off, always was in the house, which is maybe, a tri- you know, one of the the contributing factors to the fact that his daughter was stillborn. And then after that, she went back to work, but started having really bad nightmares. They started both hearing a baby crying in the room, and he said that he just knew that it was his unborn child. So they stopped coming to the house after dark at that point. That's when they put their foot down, and luckily the nightmares went away. So that's why he's really suggesting that maybe Mrs. Crane should take some time away from the house because he's experienced it. He knows that it's, you know, for the best. Right. It seems like the only way to continually be around the house and stay sane is by not staying there at dark, which is interesting because I think we've seen some aspects where even the house during the day has had some strange happenings. Right. I mean, the the discovery of the water in the walls, the scratching, the fact that the red room doesn't open still in the daylight. I think some of the door rattling could potentially be during the daylight. Not really sure when Theo was dancing to Paula Abdul. Don't know if that was at day or night. But there's definitely been some things, you know, the kittens, they were found during the daylight. Maybe they died at night. Not really sure. So, but regardless, stepping away is probably a good idea. Then we're going to get one thing answered. And this is why I was saying last episode, it's all coming together, that the discovery of the water in the walls was the day after the storm. And so assuming that they're only spending a couple days here working on this whole water situation, we know that we're getting really close to the last day here, partially because the mom is starting to act more strange and also because this is when we find out how Hugh cuts his hand. We know in the last night he has a bandage on his hand. So we see him cut his hand in a fan that they're using to dry out the walls. And this is another strange happening, which is that we see Steve unplug the fan and then somehow the fan is plugged back in and turned on when he goes to touch it. We then see what was so weird about the blueprints, which is they have this master set of blueprints, but drawn all throughout the blueprints is this strange shape that when Hugh looks at it closer, realizes is the floor plan, the outline of the floor plan of the forever home that's just being drawn over and over within the blueprints to which his wife claims that she doesn't remember doing or she says, oh, that couldn't have, that can't be me, I didn't do it. And then of course the weird thing where he wakes up in the middle of the night to his wife straddling on top of him, holding a screwdriver to his throat. Yeah, that's definitely how I want to wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah, very creepy. And he takes the screwdriver away from her and is like, hun, you were holding a screwdriver to my throat. And she says, no, I wasn't. 
I couldn't have like she's very out of it not really remembering things you can tell she's she looks the least put together in this scene that we've seen so far her hair is starting to get kind of frizzy and out of shape and maybe that's because she's you know maybe it's because she woke up she's saying she's not sleeping she's been having nightmares she's a little bit like sweaty you can see there's some perspiration on her forehead something is going on she's definitely starting to get a little scattered you would say definitely and at this point Hugh says you know maybe you should go visit Janet who I believe is then his wife's sister maybe I don't know if it's his sister or his wife's sister but we know that Aunt Janet is the person who helped to raise and take care of the children after the mom dies. And then we find out that, hey, guess what's behind the walls? A dead body. Yep. All along, the scratching was potentially from an actual ghost, a person wanting to claw their own way out. And we learned that this person was William Hill, who went missing back in the 1940s. So it's a very strange finding and definitely not what I personally would want to find behind a wall of my house. Nope. Wouldn't want to find that. So yeah, they find this dead body and there's an officer who comes and is like asking about if the house is haunted or not and uh, Hugh's kind of like yeah it is well I don't know my kids say it is so we'll see and they kind of chuckle and we have one more real scene that bookends this episode at the beginning and the end which is this semi past some number of, of days or maybe just the day after the event at night where Hugh is being questioned by the same police officer who I think was playing sort of good cop bad cop kind of I mean he was he was acting very good cop but like with kind of a threatening tone in his voice or like the things he was saying were nice but like oh it's fine you can leave at any point you want why won't you tell me what happened in those three hours you know like we'll get down to business so a couple a couple things I found interesting here is he mentions that they had to give him new clothes because his other clothes had blood all over them now earlier Hugh had said that there was paint all over his clothes so was he lying to Nell that the there was paint instead of blood or was the police officer wrong is this did he also get blood on his clothes at another time not sure i think it's pretty obvious that he was just lying to nell to comfort you her. think yes See, i don't know okay maybe but she's six years old you're not gonna say yes this is your mother's blood all over me well i don't know anyway so then the officer says you know we've got to talk about your wife and also the other body we haven't even talked about that yet is this another body or is this still talking about the body that was found in the walls because now I'm thinking it's another body because we kind of figured out that was that was William Hill. Yeah, I think this we're led to believe this is another body since that case as far as William Hill has been closed and they know they already know about this. Okay. But we also know that after the dad went back to the house, he didn't actually call the police for three hours and we see that he lied to the police because he did go into the red room at the end. Right. The officer says, I was talking to your daughter, Shirley, who was surprised to see the mom in the kitchen. And then she says that you went up to the red room. What did you see in the red room? And he says, nothing. The, the door has been locked. But we see the door ajar and him running into it. And all I can say to that is episode eight, better tell me what's in the freaking red room because we've gotten so close here. I really want to know. So close and yet so far. <sighs> well, we only have three episodes left. So it's got to be answered at some point. The other thing... I thought was interesting here was that it seems like Mr. Crane and also Shirley at least believed that the mom really had left and had gone to Janet's. So there is some amount of time where she appeared to have left and then came back to the house or maybe she never left in the first place. So there's still a little bit. We're getting a lot more of this last night, but not quite all of it yet. So 
we're getting close. The other two things I wanted to note from this episode as a whole, kind of in the same way that I had noticed last time with the filming of it being sort of a tracking shot, one one shot for most of the episode. In this episode, there are two lines in particular that get repeated a lot, both in the past and the present in the episode. One is, it's a mess, what a mess, calling situations a mess. The house is, after the damage, is a mess. Nell's death is a mess. The mom's death is a mess. The fact that mom starts to get a little unhinged is a mess. So that's being repeated a lot. And then Hugh saying all throughout the episode that he can fix it. I can fix it. I will fix this. I need to fix this or I can't fix this. So I should have fixed it. Just wanted to put those two things out there that we get a lot more of Hugh's personality in this. Yes, we definitely have both the mom and Hugh. They're getting their hourglasses filled with their Jimmy stones. Yes, exactly. Okay, so we can get into some of these segments, but I want to say first, I believe that our death count goes up by one if we're including William Hill. Yes. And something else to note about William is that the shot that we see of his revelation of the body is similar to one of the visions that Theo has when the dad touches her arm. So we are led to believe that this is one of those screen grabs that we have from that go through of all that Theo saw. Nice. Checking those off the list. We've gotten a lot of them so far. Still a few more that we need, but we're getting close. Yeah. So let's hop right in with a would you rather. This is a would you rather based on hauntings. Would you rather have a ghost crawl towards you in a dark room or have one pull you into a grave? I don't like either of these. I'm going to go with the pulling me into the grave, surprisingly. Uh, Assuming that it's like this episode because they're in daylight and someone else is there to really quickly save me and the ghost looked slightly less scary than the one that was crawling towards her. So I don't know. If I'm not getting completely pulled into the grave, then probably that one. Yeah, I am going to go with the ghost crawling towards you because we did not actually see the ghost interacting with the humans. And to me, that's a little bit easier to take on. And maybe I would just logic my way out like Steve and say that it was a figment of my imagination. Uh huh. And so another one that doesn't really give you the good feels is if you heard scratching in your house, would you rather find out that it was because of rats or because someone had died and was trying to scratch their way out? Definitely rats because that's realistic and not (laughs) a dead body that is reanimating scratching. Yeah, this one I kind of had alluded to earlier where that's not what you want to find behind your walls. And granted, rats aren't really what you want to find either, but at least there's a known way to get rid of them. You can't really get rid of a ghost haunting your house that I know of if, you know, ghosts are something you believe in. Fair enough. So for our superlatives, what would you give the funniest or most lighthearted part of this episode? For me, the most lighthearted moment in the episode I actually laughed out loud during was when Luke gives Theo some hangover cures and advice there. She walks up to him and he can tell that she's looking a little bit hungover and he says, beer and tomato juice. And she's like, oh? And he's like, yeah, that or a shot of smack. And she says, you're saying heroin is the best hangover cure? And he just says, by a mile. And I thought that was really funny. I don't think I would ever really want to try beer and tomato juice. Can I just have the tomato juice? Like, do I really need the hair of the dog? I don't know. Yeah, I I thought this was a loving interaction. And honestly, we don't get too many of those in this episode, unfortunately. Yeah, we really don't. And I really like Luke's interaction. While Luke has had a lot of struggles in his life and maybe doesn't have the best relationship with a lot of his family members, it's nice to see that they could still have this semi-sweet moment. 
Yes. And so for Scariest, did you have any moments in mind? Yeah, I mean, I think the mom, the mom crawling towards Theo at the end of the episode was probably the scariest for me. Close second would be her trying to pull Luke into the grave. But I think the fact that she just looks like that very destroyed zombie version. I agree. And so as we've talked about, we see Luke seeing Nell as the bent neck lady and the mom at the gravesite. And I think it's pretty safe to say that these are confirmed ghosts. And then again, Theo and dad seeing mom in Shirley's office. My question about the the ghosts is that we still haven't figured out like, why are they seeing them outside of Hill House? Is it attached to the family? Is it attached to the house? Is it these people? Like the fact that Hill House is haunted and there are ghosts there makes sense to me. I still haven't figured out why the ghosts are infiltrating the rest of their lives. There's definitely a deep connection between the family and Hill House. And we can assume that's part of why Nell went back to the house in the first place, especially after the last time that she was there or the last time that she left there after that her her mother passed away so it doesn't really seem like a house that you would want to go back to willingly but there is something there that it, it seems to call these people back to the house so maybe we're seeing both Nell and mom as a way to call them back to the house yeah, if I saw dead bodies of my two family members who died in the same house, that would not draw me back to the house. I would be like, no, never, ever going to go back there. Never, ever, ever going back to Hill House. Let's hope that that never happens. So we also get a revisit of the woman who was on the sick bed, who was calling out for Clara. And it's safe to assume that this was Hazel Hill, as you alluded to earlier, because we learned that Mrs. Dudley's name was Clara and that she took care of Hazel in her old age. We talked about this last episode as well because we assumed that she's the old woman that we see behind the mother. Yeah, that's my assumption is that because I, I do think that was the same bed that had been said was the sick bed. I can't believe we made it through so many episodes without knowing that Mrs. Dudley's name was Clara. I think I would have assumed that the kids would have mentioned that. Maybe they didn't know her as Clara though. Maybe they only knew her as Mrs. Dudley. I don't even think we know Mr. Dudley's first name. I've only that's ever true. heard him referred to as the Dudleys or Mr. Dudley. So yeah, true. We do have a lot of strange happenings. Most of them we've already talked about. The scratching behind the walls, multiple blueprints of the house, and none of them match up. The mold downstairs is in the shape of a figure. Dad cuts his hand after sticking it in the fan, even though Steve had unplugged it. One of them that we haven't talked about is that we see the dad trying to get into the red room because this is supposedly the source of all the mold, and he's not able to get the door open even when prying it open with a crowbar. But then at the end, we do see that the door is open. So that is definitely a very strange happening. We also see the mom holding the screwdriver to Hugh's neck, the body behind the brick wall, and Theo noticing dirt on the carpet and the forever model home is smashed. Also, I'm pretty sure that the dirt we see on the ground vanishes once Shirley shows up as well. Oh, so it's probably just from the mom's ghost? Right, probably. Although the forever home is still smashed. So not sure on that. But yeah, lots of strange happenings. Lots of things all coming together. Again, just I will not be satisfied satisfied until I see inside this red room. Well, maybe we'll find out more in the next episode. All right, everyone, feel free to send us comments and questions to our website or on Twitter at KowskiCast. That's cow with a K. You can also follow me online everywhere at Frail Mary, and you can follow Hannah at hannahv.exe on Instagram. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love it if you left a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast. And if you enjoyed it, maybe just tell someone else about it. Yeah, that'd be great. Check out the show. Check out season two as well. We'll, we'll be talking about that. Okay, everyone, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next time for our coverage of episode eight, Witness Marks. For now, we're the Kowski Cast. Thanks for listening. Bye. 
never, ever, ever going back to Hill House. 